Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 544. Higgins' mother eats a lot of what? Big Chill Podcast. Frank joins us with Eddie. Eddie, long time no see. Yeah, yeah, it's only been 48 hours for us. Quick back-to-back recordings. And I'm in a new location. So I've had a nice day of travel. Yeah, you're like a globetrotter that doesn't leave France. <laughs> yeah, that only goes a couple hundred miles at a time. Every time I travel, I know we've spoken about it on the podcast before, it just makes you lose some just additional hope in society just travel brings out the worst in people and yeah it it doesn't make you want to be around the human race did you have any particularly disgusting people that were in no no one did anything okay yeah there was nothing no shoes off or anything like that it's just just general i mean Already it's just people being super impatient, you know, with like lining up to get off of something or lining up to get on something or waiting in line to get a ticket. All of those things, people just lose their minds. It's like the the train's not going (laughs) to start. Like we're at the final destination. You don't have to be great movie. Yeah. (laughs) Which, which I hope that's not where you were. (laughs) No, but yeah, it's aside from that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, the impatience really bothers me. And then just the total lack of awareness that other people exist and that you should show some common decency to not have to annoy people that are around you. And I get it. Like, there are times you can't. But put in at least a minimal effort. No, some people seem totally unashamed and just get onto a train or a plane and treat it like they're in. I mean, like people being on the phone, for example. And just, yeah, okay, we're, I guess we're all in your private office now. And I've got to listen to your, your 15-minute phone call for reasons I don't know. But Because it's super important. Yes. Yeah. And it never is. They're so important. They're sitting in a main cabin class of a Eurostar. That's how important oh. they are. <laughs> I, I was in first class on this train ride. But still, of course you were. Was, You've been uh, flying first class since you were a baby. <laughs> But no, it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't bad and no major disruptions, which at the moment in France, you know, I got to always be thankful with the strikes and stuff that are going on right now. I was happy that I didn't experience any delays, no cancellations. So I cannot complain. Are you able to make it to your apartment with all the, uh, garbage? You have to like climb over garbage. The garbage hasn't been so bad. For a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it was really, really bad for a while. I'm, I'm lucky that I'm in an area of Paris where... It's already the, full of garbage. You can't tell the difference. <laughs> no, the local mayor. So obviously each, you have the mayor of Paris and then each arrondissement, each kind of smaller region has their own mayor. And our, like the mayor in our area elected to have private trash pickup. So the they, the local government paid for some tr- some private 
uh, trash pickup, not with a regularity, like not the daily pickup that we'd normally have, but with what a pretentious a, arrondissement you live in, eh? But with <laughs> must be a nice. Reg <laughs> a regular enough pickup that the streets were not overflowing with garbage, which, I mean, you went elsewhere. I mean, there were some disgusting sights. The fucking there. 20th is swimming in garbage, and here you are, just <laughs> beautiful paved streets, can't even tell. <laughs> oh, I ate off them, just to prove a point. But no, I mean, it, re it really did vary, you know. Um, even when I've gone around the Elysee Palace of where the president lives, I mean, I think that they kind of, for political reasons, almost had to let the trash pile up to not make it look as if they were getting any kind of special treatment. But there was, you could not escape it. But now it's, you know, people are very unhappy about it. Is it still on strike? Uh, they are not still on the full strike, but there are still strike actions going on. So... I think tomorrow is a big strike day. They tend to strike on Thursdays. So they get a head start to the weekend. <laughs> I guess, yeah. You get a nice long weekend. You know, they're not striking so much on Saturdays because it doesn't inconvenience people as much. Yeah. So they're picking days when it really bothers people. So, so let, me get, let me get your take on that because that's always a thing in France that I think gets people both ways. If they're going on strike, they're trying to do it to disrupt as much things as possible. Do you very much dislike that because they're now disrupting you being able to go to work or go somewhere? Or do you respect the fact that they're picking those times to make the strike as effective potentially as possible? What's yeah, your no, take as a pretentious yeah. guy who has private pickup? <laughs> <laughs> no, I respect people's right to strike. And I don't agree with why they are striking in this instance. However, I think the concept of strikes is incredibly important to a functioning country for people to feel as if they have a way of effectively protesting against things that their government does. So although I in no way agree with being this upset over increasing the retirement age to what seems like a totally normal retirement age. As the life expectancy also increases. Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah, just, I mean, everything, you know, it's hard to argue life expectancy is increasing. The cost of aid, you know, the aging portion of our society is ever increasing as well. You know, it makes sense that people have to work slightly longer so that they can get the pension and the free healthcare and all the other things that they're going to want uh, as a retired person. So, that I'm not, I don't agree with the reason this time around, but I appreciate the fact that it's there and that people do things when they care about them. So it definitely inconveniences me, although not tremendously in this instance. The garbage is kind of gross, but aside from that, yeah. like I don't. Because I think we do have friends who would go crazy about them being inconvenienced by the strike. <laughs> oh, oh yeah 100 percent. yeah we definitely know people uh and there definitely are you know like you see plenty of them um and, but yeah i, I there you respect the every... fact that they're doing it at a time when it actually causes disruption yeah and i mean i've lived here long enough to have experienced far worse strikes than are currently going on you know you've seen extended public transport strikes who hasn't missed and... a flight because of a public transit strike you haven't yeah. lived in france long enough <laughs> 
<laughs> it only takes no, about a month. <laughs> and you know, like when I was when I was studying abroad here and working, you know, a shift based job, you couldn't work work remotely. You didn't get paid if you didn't turn up. Uh, I there was a my five week public transport strike that went on, and there were days I just couldn't get to work. It's the lightest you've that, ever been. Walking ten miles it, a day to work. It did really impact me, but I still I respect why they're doing it. Are we are we are we evolving into NPR right now? Well, you know who won't like that? Andrew Bogut. <laughs> no, Andrew Bogut won't like it. Elon Musk won't like it. Now that NPR, you know, following on from that discussion I had with Andrew Bogut, NPR has now completely withdrawn from Twitter. So you can no longer find NPR on Twitter. They have made the uh, organizational decision to step away because they believe that they deliver totally independent news that just receives some public funding and they do not like being classified as being an, a news organization that is linked to the government, which or someone who would came... Or the Andrew Bogut side says, isn't this direct evidence that they are not giving unbiased uh, coverage because they know oh, because they uh, like removed from it 100 <laughs> percent. the people who i mean this is the issue i mean and i don't mean to uniquely to they the in this particular you know type of person but once you go slightly extreme like that any response you will interpret as reinforcing your original belief. Yeah. Like there is nothing Twitter, if, like if NPR had decided to stay on Twitter but slightly change the way they present the news, well then obviously Twitter is right. If they withdraw from Twitter, Twitter is right. If they do nothing at all, well then Twitter is right. You know, like there's, <laughs> there's just no winning in response to it. But yeah, so Andrew Bogut probably won't be enjoying, enjoying this conversation. He might be happy to see no more uh, NPR on Twitter and Elon Musk probably happy as well. Yeah. Uh, who would have predicted we went political in the first ten minutes? Yeah, there we go. This might be, and look if this if this uh, section really takes off, we can obviously track our listeners minute by minute. So if if this seems like a super popular piece, we might forget the sports. Well, let's then let's then stick then Eddie with the uh, highly debatable political topics. There's a shortage of sriracha. Have you seen this? Are you concerned? <laughs> uh, I'm not particularly concerned, no, and I have not seen it. Oh, well, it's out there, Eddie, and people are not happy. No one can get sriracha anywhere. It's sold out, all the shelves. Why? Uh, they're due to, I, I want to say it's slightly like COVID issues resulting in a low yield of chilies that make the sriracha, they now have like a shortage in the chilies. It was like weather related, but also COVID related. So they're, they're in a critical shortage right now of these chilies, but they hope to be back soon. So don't, don't think that they're being discontinued because it's not. Okay. I, I'll be able to sleep tonight now, now that I've received that, that important update. I, I know you are one of those people who can't go anywhere without their sriracha. There are people who <laughs> yes. like carry it. You know this, right? People yeah, are insane. No, I, yeah. <laughs> the likes people, people will go to prove a point about something 
it slightly makes me happy sometimes. Like the person who swears that it's so good that they have to bring it wherever they go because every meal is better with sriracha on it. So I just carry a, a trial size in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and no other hot sauce will do. Yeah, no. You know, can can just make it through one meal with just Tabasco as an alternative. Or I do like or... it, but I yeah, mean, no, I'm not a big hot sauce person in general, so. Well, I. I, here's the thing: relative hot sauce people are hot sauce people. Yeah, I'm just someone who sometimes likes hot sauce on stuff. But speaking of that, actually, can throw former co-host Sam under the bus. And he came to stay with me over the course of the Super Bowl one morning. Being the great host that I am, I made them scrambled eggs and bacon. Nice. And he asked me if I had any ketchup, which uh -oh. I was out of ketchup. So I said, but if you want, you know, I have some other condiments, including a, a, a wide range of hot sauces, which I expected to be the next kind of go-to thing if you're going to put something on eggs. Mayo. And I then said, mayonnaise, I also have. Didn't expect him to take that. And I said, I've also got barbecue sauce and some other stuff. And he said, give me the barbecue sauce. It's ketchup-based. I, I mean, it's uh, tomato-based. I proceeded to watch him eat scrambled eggs and bacon now, hot, with barbecue now what sauce. kind of what kind of barbecue sauce are we talking are we talking like a like a spicier barbecue sauce or more like a tomatoey styled barbecue sauce no uh, it's one of the major is this sweet barbecue. baby rays it is yes <laughs> unreal <laughs> no, don't need to say anymore Eddie <laughs> you I, know I mean, what I couldn't I approve <laughs> I, really I could not help but judge him. No, I, I mean, we. I think we've talked about this. I don't like eggs on their own at all, so I can't eat them on their own. So it wouldn't matter if it were ketchup or barbecue sauce or anything. So I, I really have no opinion on that. I, I'm probably not going to eat scrambled eggs without anything added on. I mean, I could with some toast. Like I could eat scrambled eggs on toast, no problem. Um, but if I, I would add a hot sauce to them every time. Over bar I mean, barbecue sauce seems like the decision of a, a five-year-old. Again, it's it's the Scotty Scheffler of meal planning. You know, it's there's an well, absolutely wait. no sophistication. So if you're if you're saying it's barbecue sauce versus hot sauce versus mayo, yeah, I mean, I think mayo is the clear bottom rung. That's just gross. Just put butter and oil on them. Then, I yeah, mean, mayo is... has eggs in it as well, so it's kind of redundant. <laughs> Mayonnaise, yeah, mayonnaise, yeah, mayonnaise is probably Ugh. the bottom, but I think there's a big gap between the hot sauce option and the barbecue sauce option. Yeah, I thought when you said throw them under the bus, I thought it was gonna be a lot worse than putting barbecue sauce on eggs. All right, well, you know what? We'll let the listeners weigh in on this, and if you want to have your say, you can follow the Big Teal Podcast and Twitter and Instagram. Maybe Andrew Bogut will give a share his thoughts on there. You never know. And we can see which is the worst condiment. I mean, listen, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying people should go to restaurants and ask for barbecue sauce. But in a pinch, no. it this is, is how it's a replacement. This is how coffee, this is how coffee with mayonnaise starts. We, we've already addressed this in, a, in, the, in the last episode. But staying maybe slightly on the political theme, but also pushing us slightly more towards the sports theme. I know there's a book that you're going to have on your Christmas wish list for 2024. 
and that is why not Brittany Griner. Right, but it's not going to be out in time. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> even unless you're getting an extremely advanced copy, oh. you'll have to wait till 2024 because it is Brittany Griner's account of her time in a Russian prison. She is releasing a book, which she not only hopes will tell her story, but also raise awareness of some other Americans currently imprisoned abroad. Good for her. I mean, I can... I mean, I don't have anything against that. I'm sure it wasn't an easy time, and I'm sure she's got stories to tell. I didn't imply, look, this is the only time. Brittany Reiner could have written a book before this, and I would have had zero interest in reading it. I could actually, I probably will not buy this, but you could actually, like if someone gave it to me, I might read it. Like I can see why this, I would rather watch a documentary about Brittany Reiner's time in a Russian prison than a documentary about her WNBA career. That's <laughs> just being honest. Yeah, I mean, it it, it could be pretty interesting. I, I can't imagine it was a fun time. It's not like it's going to be, you know, like, oh, the, the afternoon tea was a little stale and cold one day, but the other times it was delightful. Always had ketchup for my eggs. <laughs> <laughs> they made me eat barbecue sauce, those heathens. Now, actually, I will counter your story, Eddie, with... You know, I think maybe you were trying to hint that she's trying to money grab here with... Oh, no, I wasn't. Oh, okay. I wasn't at all. Okay, okay. No, no, no. There was no... I wasn't trying to infer, uh, infer, imply. I cannot infer from my own statement, but I was not trying to imply anything. It was literally just... We've spoken about her imprisonment previously, and she's has a book planned. And as I said, I, I genuinely mean this. This to me, is the most interesting part of her life. And that's not being dismissive about the rest of her life. It's just that being a professional athlete who was held as a sort of political, you know, pawn in Russia at the outbreak of a, a global conflict, basically, is, is kind of interesting. So I, again, will counter with the Dwayne Haskins update. Have you seen this? So Dwayne Haskins, who was killed what last year now i think um by a yeah, la- last offseason getting hit by a dump truck on an interstate why did you have to throw in the dump truck well element? because this is important to the story okay. in all seriousness <laughs> okay so his family is actually uh suing and saying that it was a blackmail and robbery conspiracy against Dwayne Haskins. So it is believed that Dwayne was targeted and drugged as part of a blackmail and robbery conspiracy. In fact, his highly expensive watch was stolen from him shortly before his death. And they are listing four individuals, two restaurants, a golf driving range, and a hotel as defendants connected to the alleged conspiracy. So, but that him getting hit by the dump truck is not part of it. It's just they drugged him and then he was hit by a dump truck. Yes, but they are also suing the driver of the dump truck for reckless okay. driving and having a dump truck that weighed too much. So it was unable to stop properly in the middle of an interstate when a random person was crossing it. Oh, wow. Now you're implying something there. I think we know the thoughts of, of Frank on this one. So just keep um, in mind, uh, Haskins had a alcohol level of 0. 0.24 in 
in his blood, which is the legal limit is 0.08 in Florida. He was driving, his car broke down, and then he went to go get gas. And that was the last thing he had told his girlfriend who he was on the phone with was that he was going to walk to get gas. In the now, I guess they would they would say that he the blood alcohol level was a, as, as a result of him being. Well, he also spiked. tested positive for ketamine and norketamine. Okay. Drugs used as anesthetics, but also been known to be used recreationally. And as date rape drugs. Just just throwing out yeah. there. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's quite the cocktail. So it's believable, I suppose, based on that combination of things being in his bloodstream. Uh, yeah. Well, something we'll have to follow. Yeah. Could be... I mean, the, I the mean, list of people involved in the conspiracy, it, it could be a very detailed conspiracy. <laughs> I'm surprised they're not suing Adam Scheffler as well. I'm sure they already you don't did. Remember, you don't remember when he announced his death and he had to include like first round draft bust or whatever he yeah. added in as part of the announcement that he died totally unnecessarily and showing absolutely no, you know, compassion for someone who's just passed away. So... So now we need to make it fully into the world of sports and what has been a fairly slow 48 hours, I guess, in the NBA. The LA Lakers survived the playing game last night in what many are considering to be one of the worst played NBA games of all time. <laughs> so there was that, but I don't think we have too much to say there. I don't know if you saw also Masters champion John Rahm has said that he will play in this weekend's RBC Heritage, which I think has surprised some on the back of him, obviously, playing and winning the Masters, that he didn't give himself a little bit of a break. Money, money, money. But he said, <laughs> well, no, he said, money. I made a commitment. <laughs> well, it shows how, what a skeptical human being you are. He said, I made a commitment earlier in the year, and I want to honor that commitment. I put myself in the shoes of not only the spectators, but the kids. If I was one of the kids, I'd want to see the recent Masters champion play. I think that's actually pretty commendable. Yeah, and also you know, kind often, of boost yourself up a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, but I think, you know, we live in a world where professional athletes are regularly criticized for sitting out. And there is the reality, right, that people pay in advance fairly large sums of money to go to professional sporting events expecting to see the stars they want to see. And I have no doubt that the RBC heritage, if, you know, with John Rahm committing has marketed this as an event that John Rahm would be attending. So there probably are some kids out there who love golf and who John Rahm is their favorite golfer and they want to see him. And it would have been, you know, you'd be disappointed if you were a parent who'd stumped up some money and then your kid's unhappy because they're not getting to see their favorite golfer there. So I think he deserves some credit. Yeah. And uh, $3.2 million for first place for the Masters, three point six for the RBC Heritage. So just throwing it out That's there. For, for first place or the total purse? First place. More money than the <laughs> Masters. <laughs> Look, I, I, think, I don't think he would make money. I don't think he would make decisions based on fin financial incentives. I really don't. Because if that were the case, he would have joined Liv. And, you know, he famously made that comment when the whole live speculation was going on that he sort of already has more money than he will ever need. So I don't think he's turning up just because, I mean, the reality is he probably won't win it 
So, but yeah, I figure if you're if you're playing really good golf, and you got a tournament that has more money than the tournament you just won, might be worth cutting a cutting some extra rest days off to to go out. As I said, I don't. I, I, I don't think that's I mean, it. I agree with you. I think you know maybe he is doing the respectable thing, but I think John Rom has enough money in the bank. And having just won the Masters, will be making even more money now through his sponsorship deals and that element. I I very much doubt he or his agent said, "Yeah, but what about if you win the RBC Heritage as well? That's a pretty nice check." Because the reverse is he doesn't make the cut at the RBC Heritage, he makes zero money, and he just loses the money that he spent on, you know paying for him and his caddy and maybe someone family and friends to get there and watch a golf tournament. That's I'm, there is a possibility that he's receiving a fee to play because some golfers do. So there is that element, but still, I, I think he's genuinely making the decision for the, for the right reasons. So what are you going to say when he announces he's going to live after this tournament? <laughs> oh, there's no way John Rums. there's two people who I'm absolutely certain will never go to live. Rory, and Rory, and Tiger. John Tiger, we yeah, never. Also, yeah, also Tiger as well. Although, part of me would kind of love if this like plantar fasciitis that Tiger now has, if his doctor told him you're done, like there is no way you'll ever play again. If he just said, you know what, give me the billion dollars from Live, <laughs> and then just never played in a Live event, but had the money. As soon as he saw that transfer come through on his bank account, just said, no, I'll put my feet up. And I'll wait for those Champions Tour events to roll through in three years' time. But yeah, I don't. I those are the three. I think I could never see doing it. There's, pro there's probably a few others who are slightly less high profile. I also wouldn't. But those three, I think you can rule out. But Live Golf has been doing a lot of crowing on the success of Kepka and Mickelson. I don't know if you saw also and Patrick ratings. Reed. Don't leave Patrick Reed out of this. Yeah. The ratings for this year's Masters came out today, uh, and this Sunday's uh, round was the highest rated uh, Masters round in five years. I think it was up 15% on the previous year, and Live Golf is attributing that entirely to the fact that the Live Golfers are playing in this event and that they did well, which I just love. I just love that they think and again, uh, I've had a few, there's a few live See, golf I, accounts. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think, you think it's no, no, I don't think it's because live golfers are playing in it, but I do think there might've been some increased interest when a live golfer was at the top of the leaderboard against non live golf golfers. I, I do think that might have drummed up some extra interest to see let's see the live PGA battle take place in real time at the masters and see who comes through. I, you're, you're probably right. I guess the reasons why I'm not totally certain though, is who isn't the type of person who would normally watch the masters, but is so invested in the PGA live debate that they would tune in just to see who wins that battle if you see what i mean like that yeah. is that is a weird human being i, I can get someone who is it just because normally... it fell on an easter i think it's 
Easter Sunday, there were no other U.S. sports events going on. It was the final day of the NBA regular season. Uh, There was nothing really significant being played for. So because sometimes the Masters weekend coincides with even March Madness. So, you know, like there's times when you it overlaps with more significant. Sometimes the NBA playoffs have started when the Masters is underway. Like you have moments when there is just a little bit more, even from a TV perspective, there's no big Sunday night television. You know, like years past, there might have been an episode of Game of Thrones on. Whoa, whoa, buddy. You know. There was succession, and it was arguably one of the greatest television episodes in TV history. <laughs> okay. Every, everything's always one of the greatest television shows in TV history. But we have to, succession, as popular as it is, is not that popular. Watch your tongue. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it's just, you know, succession is. No, I know. It's not as popular as Game of Thrones, even though it's better. <laughs> Yeah, we won't get into the succession debate again because you know my thoughts on that TV show. But succession is the live golf of HBO. But <laughs> I don't even know what that fucking means. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. But yeah, anyway, just interesting to see. But I mean, with the test, I guess, will be next year's Masters. Although, they'll again, they'll need everything to, to line up for them. Yeah. Now... They need to survive another year first. Yeah, also true. (laughs) Last episode, we talked about Rudy Gobert throwing an NBA punch at his teammate. Don't know if you saw, but after last night, after Manchester City beat Bayern Munich 3-0 in the Champions League, at the end of the match, uh, Leroy Sané and Sadio Mane had to be separated on the pitch. And then when they went back to their changing rooms, uh, punches were thrown. At least Sadio Mane seemingly threw punches at Leroy Sané. And it had to be split up by the teammates. And reports say that Leroy Sané's lip was bleeding somewhat profusely after the bust-up. So I guess we see uh, an NBA-style teammate brawl versus a German football team-style teammate brawl. But it looks like the far shorter, far smaller, far less muscular footballers did more damage to each other than the giant NBA players did. There's no video footage, though, is there? Not that has been released. I mean, I doubt there is. I guess there's a possibility that Bayern Munich do some, you know, filming inside their dressing room for some... I think that might be illegal. (laughs) Well, no, but you know, in the same way that those like Amazon TV shows or Netflix TV shows that they do, I don't know. There's always the chance that they have something. Oh, uh, yeah, like doing a documentary them. or something on them. Yeah, oh, so you that never would be know. So they cool. might, they might have, but as far as I'm aware, there is no footage of it. If there is so, a documentary going on, they must be so happy that documentary yeah. crew. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it will be interesting to see. Obviously, we had the you know last. Last week, when we spoke in about Bayern Munich and German football fairly in depth, it'll be interesting to see what the fallout is from this. Sadio Mane has certainly not hit the ground running as a Bayern Munich player since his transfer from Liverpool. So, 
could this be the thing that makes them decide to just move on from him if they think he's some now become a kind of toxic element within the dressing room? Leroy Sané's not been spectacular either. So <laughs> move on from both. Com- <laughs> yeah, this might oh, this might be the reason why both of them just, they decide to move on from both of them. But yeah, it's uh, not a great sign for Bayern Munich. I don't think they had much chance of coming back from a three nil deficit in the second leg anyway. But you'd have to say this makes it even less likely. And it does, you know, we had that big debate about the short lead and like Nagelsmann being sacked when Bayern Munich were on course to win the Bundesliga and were in the Champions League quarterfinals. Thomas Tuchel, and were also still in the German Cup. Thomas Tuchel has taken charge. He's been there now for four matches. They beat Dortmund in his first match, but under. They were kind of gifted a couple of goals by Dortmund to start things off. He's then had them, they've been knocked out of the German Cup, rather embarrassed by Manchester City in the Champions League, and look as if they're on their way out. Not the greatest start to Thomas Tuchel's time at Bayern Munich. Yeah, I mean, I guess the theme here is if you once coast uh, manage Chelsea, then you're not having a good first week in your new position. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, and you're obviously alluding to the fact that uh, Frank Lampard got off to a losing start at the weekend against Wolves. Although, I would say, based on the team selection he had, they almost were... Forfeiting would be a strong statement, but happy to lose that, knowing that their real hope was in the Champions League. And that has backfired as they Which are. they've also just, just lost. <laughs> they've just lost 2-0 to Real Madrid in the first leg. Now, in the Bernabeu, so I, I guess they've got a chance going back to Stamford Bridge. Down and, a man uh, with, in, for 30 minutes, too? Yeah. It's not. It could have been worse. But, you know, it's 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 an uphill task for sure. And in a you know, you then also had last night Inter Milan winning 2-0 against Benfica, so it looks as if they'll probably be through to the semifinals. That was away from home, so that's a pretty big result. And then I guess the surprise, in a sense, of the round so far is AC Milan. As I say this, it's the 92nd minute of 95 possible minutes, but I will say AC Milan winning 1-0 against Napoli, which I think... You know, given their league positions and the disparity between the two clubs from a league perspective, even though Milan did get a good result against Napoli not long ago, I think surprised many. But I would say Napoli have every chance of turning that around in their home leg. So that might be the only tie that is truly open going into the second set of fixtures, which is kind of disappointing. Well, I mean, you could maybe see a city collapse from 3-0 it would be tough 2-0 you can you know like if you look at the Real Madrid Chelsea situation if you get the first goal then it's it gets interesting yeah but 3-0 like I think the real challenge from a Bayern Munich perspective I can't imagine City not scoring so that means you need to score four to even take it to extra time and that's no, it's tough. Five, don't you? You can't take because then they would have the. No, they don't. They've got rid of away goals. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, 
anything else. You know, we've kind of blown through 48 hours of sport there, covered a number of different topics, a number of different uh, different sports, but anything else to really talk about? No, I, I don't actually have very much. I mean, we do have Ted Lasso, the newest episode, if we want to dive into that, fresh we off will, our minds. We, we will always have Ted Lasso. We, we will that. always we, have Ted Lasso, except after yeah, this we season. We will never have it again. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we can go straight into Ted Lasso and then transition to our back to our non-sporting topics. Uh, Ted Lasso season three, episode five. Five. I think it was episode five. So spoiler uh, warning. Yeah, spoiler. If you have not watched the latest episode, which this is actually, you know, fairly fresh off the presses. So this is the time when you may be a Ted Lasso fan and not actually have seen the episode. This is, you know, skip ahead a little bit in the podcast to avoid this discussion as we will be revealing what happened in this episode uh where should we start which highly unlikely element of this show should we cover first let's start with uh a storyline that i have very little interest in rebecca oh can't yeah how accurate are these were her psychics predictions and can she get pregnant Based on the what it appears she learned from her doctor, she cannot. Or and strange. Or are we being misled? Which is she's entirely... already pregnant. <laughs> oh yeah, let's not rule out anything. But based on they certainly are making it appear that the doctor was telling her that she could not get pregnant. A very strange conversation, in which when addressing her doctor, she only said doctor. Every time I found that a bit bizarre, given that she seemed to be quite familiar with him when they met in person, but literally didn't even throw in his last name, just said, hello, doctor. Thank you, doctor. What are my results, doctor? (laughs) Very strange dialogue. But yeah, this is a storyline that the sooner we see the back of it, the happier I will be. And it's, it's, it's what this show is really doing is it's giving you uh, like plots that could be meaningful and could be interesting, but are so superficial that they're, they're not exciting. Cause I mean, when you think about what would be interesting here is her moving on from a terrible marriage with someone that she still has, you know, like financial work ties with and kind of, balancing that act and getting over it and, you know, becoming better because of it. And it's really not addressing that very well. Like, no. And, and even the element of, you know, a older woman who has prioritized her success in the business world at the expense of family development and building and motherhood and the idea of how her trying to come to terms with that and then potentially have a child later in life. Again, that's that's like a big. They make movies entirely about and write books just about that topic, and instead, it's just like here's three minutes of this storyline for you before we throw an entirely different, equally significant storyline at you. You know, we just skip from one major topic to the other, and it just means that I am barely invested in any of them. Yeah. So, I got to give we got to give you some credit, right? Because one of the other big storylines that 
came out in this episode was the romantic uh, affair between Keely and her investor, Jack. Jack, uh, who I spent, I have spent a significant amount of time trying to figure out what her accent was or was supposed to be. I guess she kind of revealed that she's supposed to be Danish based on the fact that she's attended a Danish boarding school. Didn't seem like a particularly Danish accent, but hard to peg. But anyway. <laughs> but, but, Good word uh, usage. Yes, yes. <laughs> Actually, not hard to peg, as it turns out. But uh, you called it. I'm going to give you some credit for predicting this one. You certainly saw it earlier. I think it became very apparent in this episode that that's yeah. what was going to happen. But it wasn't as easy to see as when you first saw it. Again, I'm going to be highly critical of this storyline. Uh, a, because I think how it unprofessional it is. <laughs> first, it detracts from the fact that they planted the seed of the, you know, significance of having a gay member of the football team, and not that you can only have one gay person in this TV show, but it just kind of takes away from that element of like, well, let's also throw in this lesbian encounter. The other thing is, I think for a show that tries to represent people, genders, races in the best way possible, it makes women in their professional lives look just like, I mean, already Keeley is portrayed as a kind of luckily successful idiot who doesn't have a lot going on, but now you throw in the fact that in her dealings with an investor, the only thing she can do is get drunk and have sex with them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't know. They were well, just, still, they were just necking. I think it's, I genuinely think that if this, I don't think Ted Lasso will receive any backlash because of the way in which it's positioned itself and is perceived as a TV show. But I think if, there are a lot of other TV shows that if they incorporated this storyline, people would say, why did you have to sexualize these strong business characters? Yeah. And it bothers me. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, like taking out any of the, the like lesbian aspect out of it, if that were a, a male boss and that happened, the backlash would be enormous as well. You know, like it would be even worse. And I think of it like the way I saw it. The first thing I thought is like, this is her, her what her invest like her boss slash investor of the company. Her investor, yeah. Who she's known for investor. one day, like that is a terrible look to have. Well, someone. more than more than one day. Two days. Attended, well, they've <laughs> attended two Richmond matches, right? Okay. So let's say a week. She's known her in person for a week. Actually, no, no. To give <laughs> just a. It actually has been a while because if you think... Oh, you're right, because the, they're dropping points. They haven't won yes. in like five or six matches. You are so right. So it's been a month. It's been okay. a month, you know, but still a fairly yeah. insignificant period of time. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just... It's so, like, it's so bad. If that were, if that were a male, like, investor, that would be awful. Yes. And look, the power dynamics are different. So, 
You know, we have to say that. But I just am amazed that in the writer's room of this TV show, when they pitched that idea and when they said, let's run with that particular storyline, that no one said, uh, doesn't this kind of make our yeah. women seem stereotypically one-dimensional? And in a, in a TV show where we are working hard, because they introduced Keeley as a really one-dimensional, superficial character who was just interested in... But is now growing. Yeah, and now she's growing, and the way in which she grows is the type of person she wants to sleep with is different. That's her character development. So it used to be totally superficial because it was male footballers. Now she's a well-rounded, advanced, developed character because instead she wants to sleep with successful female business leaders. This is her difference. It's really not great. Yeah, I mean, I just don't get how you can't see, you know, just because it's it's a, a female supervisor, how it's any different. Well, no, I mean, it totally, we do have, there is a power dynamic that makes it slightly different, but it's just the shame. It just, as I said, it just reduces them to being sexual characters in a show that's tried so hard yeah. to make everyone seem like fully developed real people, even when they are not particularly intelligent not you know everyone in the show is successful we we never have to deal with unsuccessful people in this television show because everyone is always successful but we they are sometimes portrayed as maybe not being the brightest but now they you know they're if you look at the look at the difference jamie tart as the man gets this real character development in terms of we get to see him stop being a superficial character stop being someone only obsessed with his individual personal success and now someone who's working on being a better member of the team a better leader who can see through other people's superficiality and self-obsession and then is also really committed to self-improvement but then keely just goes back to sleeping with people but one good thing is that we have seen the last of Shandy, hopefully. Oh, don't, don't speak too soon. I would not rule out her return. Which I have to give you credit. You were slightly correct in that she would try and spin off and do her own thing, which is somehow what she tried to do, but still be in the company while doing it. I didn't fully understand that. She started a new app, but under the same company. I don't know how that works, but... um, Seemingly using exactly the same technology, too. Yep. So what was the bigger misfire? The introduction of Shandy this season or the Led Tasso from from last season? Oh, Led Tasso. I'd forgotten about Led Tasso. (laughs) I wouldn't rule out Led Tasso making a return. But yeah, Led Tasso was the worst of the worst. This is bad. And yeah, I mean, that's just everything to do with Keeley's office. The only thing I'm slightly intrigued by is what do you think was in the desk of, I cannot remember the name of her CFO, but what do you think is in that desk that she repeatedly has to say, Barbara, do not, yeah, do not look in there. What was in there? I don't know. Hopefully a dead body. <laughs> Spice up the storyline a little bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe Led Tasso's dead body was in there. <laughs> she also did not like Led Tasso. No. 
Wait, wait, I got one more for you. Yeah. Um, okay, you go ahead. You go first. I'll let you go. I'll let you take one. Well, I was just going to say the other storyline that we kind of predicted was the romance between uh, the Nate, the woman who Nate, and the woman who works in the restaurant. Yeah. And so now it, let me ask you because this is what I was going to ask: What is more unrealistic, the fact that Nate, who could barely talk to people before, is now able to successfully court a supermodel? Or that Ted Lasso's son can actually bully another human being. <laughs> he might have drooled on him. You know, like we don't know what he did to that kid. I mean, maybe just his presence, just his cardboard <laughs> presence in the room just ruins people. I'm sorry. When, when the wife was like, no, Ted, he was the bully. I was like, come on. <laughs> no. In what universe could this child bully someone? And how quickly? And this is not not condoning or making light of bullying, but how quickly, if you've bullied a kid, how quickly do you get bullied in return if your way of trying to apologize is through a rap in front of the entire class? Yep. Especially when you have the speech pattern and speech speed of Stephen Hawking. That... Like, there is no chance that that was just not a classroom <laughs> full of kids laughing at him. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, you have to assume that they're aware of the fact that this kid can't act. I, I actually have to say, in general, the worst acting on the show is whenever it's the FaceTime, even his ex-wife, her FaceTime acting just seems terrible. And yeah. I presume it's because... Wouldn't that be the easiest? Wouldn't you actually just so. do like a real FaceTime and like you're actually just talking to someone? You guess, but they must not be doing that. They must be like doing it entirely separately and not having both actors on the call. And so you've probably got some, you know, assistant from the TV show reading Ted Lasso's lines while the wife goes, no, Ted, uh... It wasn't him. <laughs> like, just, I mean, it's awful. It's really awful. And for an Apple TV produced program, it feels like it makes your products almost look bad because <laughs> a FaceTime experience, whilst the picture quality is perfect and the audio quality is perfect, it's just makes me never want to get on a FaceTime call with anyone ever. Yeah. But I, I mean, the. The Nate storyline, I think, on a whole, drives me the most insane. Just the flip-flop of this character's personality traits on a weekly basis are unbelievable. Last week, he was so intimidated to talk to Ted that he hid in the corner of an elevator trying to hide. Face backwards. Face backwards. And then this week, he strolls up with a supermodel like he's been – had a date before he's never even got on a date in his life do you think he's a virgin probably <laughs> i don't know but apparently his mother eats a lot of ass <laughs> that was no that was the most disturbing no. joke in the whole thing no that wasn't his mother i know that was yeah. <laughs> i know that was higgins's mother <laughs> which is even worse because she's got to be like 90 years old <laughs> yeah but like so that part annoys me 
And then what actually makes me more angry is this woman who is the hostess who has seen through him and sees how much of a fork and a loser and a conceited asshole he is suddenly now likes him after seeing him fail and be a loser for which she saw through and knew he was from the beginning. How does that make sense? Because she's right. And everyone loves when they're right. <laughs> Let me hear. What's the other more unrealistic part? Well, A, did he pre-order the entire, like, did they sit down and he said, we're going to have this, this, like he went the whole meal because she leaves during the starter and the moment at which that waitress sits down with him is when she brings him a dessert for two. Yeah. So. <laughs> he's had through at least another course alone but has also over ordered i don't know if you thought maybe she was coming back but then what is the most unrealistic is her mid-shift he says unless you want to join me and she goes yeah sure <laughs> screw my job i'll yeah. just sit down with you i guess she'll probably get away with it because her manager is obsessed with uh, him being the manager of West Ham United. So yeah. I guess that probably saves her. But, you know, just I'd, I'd like to go uh, encourage. I don't encourage because you'll get in trouble for sexual harassment, I guess. But just asking waitresses or waiters <laughs> to just sit down and join you mid-meal, I think your success rate is going to be pretty low. Yeah. I, I mean, she was one of my favorite characters on the whole show just because she saw right through what a shithead Nate was. And now she's seemingly heel-turned. Yeah. And upon, he, and he upon her being proven right, she's heel-turned. And he has as well. He's back to being nice Nate. Yeah. Like all of the sensitivity, consideration, all of that. And obviously I'm sure. And him... even being able to ask her to sit down. Every other interaction he's had with her, he can barely speak a sentence to her. And now well, he's like, out. oh, excuse me, milady. Would you care to take a seat with me on this fine evening? <laughs> well, they edited out the bit where he spat in her face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now that would have been awesome. Now that is funny. If he was like, one <laughs> sec. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to join me? I would have loved that. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, they're just kind of, they seem to be losing the thread. It's as if, and now obviously I'm sure different writers are writing different episodes, but it's kind of as if they have hired different writers for different episodes and then those writers have not seen the episodes they didn't write. So like someone yeah. has been writing the Nate's a good guy storyline the whole time. And then someone else is coming to be like, I think Nate's a dick. And they just, they wrote that just story. It's never line. been in the writer's room the same day. No, they like, yeah. I work remotely on Thursdays. That guy comes in on Thursdays, so we don't talk. But How do we feel about the uh, Zava just up retirement? and retiring? In a show in which everything is totally unrealistic, I guess that could happen, right? We see mid-season yeah. retirements from athletes. I have to agree and... with you. I think he actually was one of the brighter spots of this season so far. Yeah. He actually has had some humorous moments. Yeah. And he kind of brought out some humor 
through Jamie Tart as well, which we'll yeah. now probably be missing because his him being kind of aware of things going on now is gone. Yeah, the Zava retirement, I could see it happening. Uh, I can't. I cannot see. There. I guess now I'll get onto the criticisms of the football reality of this. I can't see the commentators only talking about Zava not being present. Like it's How ten they... minutes into them. It's ten minutes into the match, and Richmond are still playing without yeah. Zava. Like he's not on the lineup card. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by now you know he's not playing. What do you think is going to happen? So that bit bothers me. In 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 general, the commentators really just bother me. They're just complete morons. So there's that part. Again, they're in ninth in the table after this week's defeat to Manchester City, I think, or they were ninth going into it, one or the other. As a promoted team, the way they're talking about this being yeah. a season in free fall or the fact that this is terrible, you wouldn't be talking about Ted Lasso being sacked. You'd be talking about him being manager of the season. <laughs> like this is, I know. It, it just, that bit bothers me. It's just so out of touch. They should have just let a little bit more time pass. And then if they'd at least had them dropping back to like, like 14th, 16th. Yeah. And they'd been like, well, they've lost 12 matches in a row. Yeah. Then you could kind of start to be like, okay, maybe it would make sense. But there's just a complete lack of understanding of how people in the Premier League would behave. And then <laughs> my other note that I had on it was the the Manchester City rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a one-sided rivalry. <laughs> yeah. And that twice from two different people, it was referred to in a Moby Dick style chasing this white whale. Twice that was two yeah. independent, separate people came up with this analogy. I mean, I get it. They're a fictitious club. And so maybe they can try and build some fictitious history between the two. But given the fact that geographically they're not close and that there isn't some, they haven't built some huge history of success from AFC Richmond. So it's not as if they would have both been like yeah. Manchester United and Arsenal and Manchester United and Chelsea, whilst geographically quite far apart, developed big rivalries at different moments in time because they were the top two competing for the title. There is no history of Manchester City and AFC Richmond being in that situation. So Aside from the fact that it's just, well, Manchester City always beat AFC Richmond, of course, because AFC Richmond are shit. It just, again, it makes no sense. And I just don't understand. There's got to be enough English people in this writer's room to just say, guys, this is, this is idiotic. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It was... That whole thing bothered me too. And they're like, they were an absolute free fall. They've moved down to ninth. It's like they were just promoted. That's great. Oh, no. Absolutely. They would literally be people be still, even they're going through a bad patch right now that AFC Richmond must be delighted with their league position. It's They're lucky that they got off to such a great start. You might get the talk of they're starting to show their true colors now, all of that stuff. Also, even from the commentators where they said, okay, without Zava, I don't think they're a Premier League team. Maybe that might make sense as an inter as an analysis, because you could say as a promoted club, he was the star quality, the difference maker. But then to follow it up with, I don't think they're even my 
think he said church league, which is weird because you think you just have like Sunday league, but church league team. Yeah. I mean, they were promoted from the championship last season, <laughs> and it's exactly the same squad. They didn't lose anyone. And the season before, they were in the premiership. Yeah. And they didn't lose anyone. It's just those bits. They, they just kind of, they're small yeah. and insignificant, but they drive me crazy. I mean, I, I think you're bringing up the biggest point here is I think Higgins needs to stop worrying about his mom eating ass and start making some changes to this I, lineup. <laughs> I don't know. I think he should be even more concerned about his mother eating ass because, hey, it's not an expression. Again, we don't use that in England to be like, oh, that team eats ass like or sucks ass like those aren't things people say so when (laughs) to receive that message it it, it, it's not a joke it has to imply that his mother eats ass and again his parents must be at least i mean how old is he in his mid-50s so jeremy swift in real life who plays higgins is 62 okay so, so let's case, say let's say he's fifty five. Okay. So realistically, his parents are at least eighty. Seventy five to eighty. Yeah. Just munching on ass every yeah. Friday night. I mean, that's a, that's how you get like MRSA or whatever, like <laughs> super bucks. And that's probably how COVID started. Oh, that's how you get locked jaw. But yeah, I mean that's it's a disgustingly disturbing line to be thrown in there. I think, yeah, unreal. I feel like I had double take, I like heard it. And I was like, what the fuck? And I rewound it 10 seconds to listen to it again to make sure I heard that right. It's weird, right? Because there is swearing in Ted Lasso, but it it come, for the most part, it's supposed to be this sort of family-friendly show. Like, I think it's one of those shows where even though there is the Roy Kent swearing and things, for the most part, you feel as if you could watch it with a relatively young child. Like, I feel like you could watch it with a 10, 11, 12-year-old and just know there's some swearing, but overall it's positive and there's nothing too awkward or embarrassing. Moments like that, like if I were just sitting down to watch it, like I'll say this, I was visiting my parents who do not watch Ted Lasso, but the discussion was like, oh, we have some friends who watch Ted Lasso. Do you think we should watch it? And I actually kind of said season one, you'd probably really enjoy, but yeah. I think you would be losing interest season two and season three. So I don't know if you really want to get into it at this point was my honest review. If by some weird twist of fate, they then been like, oh, the new episode is out. Are you going to watch it? We'll watch it with you to see if we like it. And that ass eating joke. I would have been tremendously uncomfortable. What, what do you do if your parents give like an awkward look to each other when that joke comes up? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be more worried if like then a week later, I factor I mess something up, then that's the text message I receive. Uh, I did like... Uh, I did like when they were doing the monkey noises and then they went to Roy and Roy was like, Ugh, uh. yes. <laughs> that, that was really funny. He is the only one holding this show together. Him and yeah, I will say him and Jamie Tart. Yeah. Pretty much- and actually I don't mind Ted Lasso. Like I don't mind him as a character. 
But the and actually, I'll tell you what, I'm more I'm more tired of Coach Beard and his having to seem like he knows every single thing about every single thing ever created than Ted Lasso being Ted Lasso. Like when yeah. they, when the writer introduced the the formation they should run, and he was like, "Oh, you mean the classic formation?" Blah 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 blah. And it's like, okay, we get it. Like also we know it. again, the suggestion he has is just long ball. It's slightly less sophisticated than the incredible <laughs> counterattacking plan that Nate came up with the season prior, but it's on a par from a sophistication level. And for them, for that to be his, maybe I've got an idea moment that I think I should share with you is pretty stupid. And for their reason to throw it out is because the athleticism of their central defenders makes no sense. Like, it's just not a, if you were like, hey, why won't the long ball work against him? You went, well, their central defenders are super athletic. <laughs> if they'd at least said, oh, their back four is good in the air or something you know, like you could, you could kind of say something that might make a little bit of sense or they're, or they're a pretty physical team and they're good in the air. You could, you could have ways of doing it, but oh, they have two athletic central defenders. So what? You're just going to pump long balls. They got Van Dyke. Because, <laughs> yeah. Like what, what, you know, but yeah, it's those again, it's just it. Cause obviously they have English people working on the show and and I guess some people listening to us do this, you know, like if you're American, just watching Ted Lasso, you're probably going like, why do you care so much about those little moments? But if you it could make it so much better in my eyes. Yeah. And it's just like, imagine you're watching a show about a fictional NFL team and okay. Friday night time, lights and every play is a reverse hail Mary for the win in the last 10 well, seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, because that that's unrealistic, but at least it exists as it would be watching this TV show. And every time the coach and his assistant started talking, they're like, how are we going to stop their, their, uh, like their offense? And then it was like, why don't we just blitz every down? Oh my God, what a revolutionary idea from that guy. This guy's a fucking genius. Give, give him, send him to the NFL tomorrow. How can we, this guy, this is the next Bill Belichick with the way the ideas he comes up with. Oh my God, we've lost that genius. How on earth are we going to compete? You know, like that's basically, and then the equivalent of this would be like, well, you know, they've got a pretty good, like their wide receivers are amazing. What should we do? Why don't we play prevent every play? Oh, <laughs> oh, that could work too. Like this is the standard like it just doesn't it's like we're throwing in words that seem technical and tactical but it's just so fucking stupid but still in spite of everything we've just spent the last 30ish minutes saying about this episode for the most part kind of enjoying it but again i just feel like it's not full on stockholm syndrome but I do think the only reason I'm enjoying it is because of how much I enjoyed season one and that I now feel invested in the show. And it takes a lot for me to give up on a TV show. Like The Mandalorian recently achieved that status, but unless something really, really stupid happens in Ted Lasso, I, I'm, I think I'm here until the end. 
So with that episode of Ted Lasso wrapped up, is there anything else from news or television that you'd like to discuss? If not, after a couple weeks without it, maybe I could put you to another family feud test. So I actually had a family feud question for you. We were watching it yesterday and one of the ones came up in the final where they asked you like the five in a row that I would have been completely stumped. So the question was, what is something you shake before you use? Uh, <laughs> uh, See, yeah. you've already spent too much time. Like, yeah, it's. I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. I literally just blanked. It would have to be uh, salad dressing. Well, that's not a bad one. I don't. Both of them got zero because <laughs> both of them didn't get anything. The number one answer was juice. Okay, yeah. Someone said milk. <laughs> it was close. That's weird. Yeah, juice makes sense. Like juice would be. Yeah. When he said it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I said, uh, after like a minute, I said paint. But you shake that at the store. <laughs> yeah, at the store. It gets in that shaker thing. Yeah. Isn't that mixing though more? Isn't that like. Yeah, it's mixing, but you're sh the can's shaking. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I mean, get it's a, a stupid I question. I don't get a paint, go to paint a bit of my wall and shake the can of paint above my head before I you start shake a, you shake a, a spray a spray paint you have yeah, to shake it's got that spray thing paint in it. spray paint would have been a good one actually yeah. all, basically all aerosol uh, can. aerosol cans would have been the good the go-to because yeah you always shake even when i don't know if you necessarily like i don't know if you really need to shake whipped cream i don't know I feel like you do i don't know so anyway right let's uh put you to the test then are you All ready right. to go? All right, hold on. Clear my head a little bit. Okay. Name a state that has a lot of sports teams. New York. Name something snowmen might have nightmares about. The sun. Name a common candy bar component. Peanuts. Name a place where if her husband took her for their anniversary, a wife would be mad strip club name a type of insurance geico oh okay no, sorry they would because <laughs> it's a company uh yeah, yeah you get his no no they know. would they would say say again because you can't say companies okay so home you've gone for yeah. all right so you've got name a state that has a lot of sports teams you said new york that was the best answer on the board with 33 the other options were california florida texas pennsylvania and illinois illinois is I did okay, idea. except I know it when I fucked up on. Which one do you think you messed up on? The the candy bar. Because I okay. always assume chocolate is already a component of candy bar, but chocolate's got to be the number one. Name something snowmen might have nightmares about. You said the sun. That was the number one answer. Sun slash beach weather with 62. <laughs> the other options were fire slash flamethrowers, blow dryers, rain, Snowplow slash snow, snowplow slash shovel. It's a bit of a tongue twister for me. Drought, snowballs, or peeing dogs slash pee. <laughs> name name a common candy bar component. You said peanuts. That was the second best answer on the board. Chocolate was the best answer with thirty six. Yeah. As soon other as I said it, I regretted it. Other options were caramel, almonds, uh, nougat, and coconut. 
Name a place where if her husband took her for her anniversary, a wife would be mad. He said strip club. That was the second best answer with 19. Tacky restaurant was the best answer with 43. What? You also had sporting event, bar slash club, bowling alley, his parents' house, the movies, or a car show. Some of those (laughs) don't seem that bad. Depending on which anniversary. What if you're buying is. a car at a car show? <laughs> yeah, I mean, even the movies. Like depending yeah. on depending on which anniversary it is, and you went, oh, we went out to a movie. That's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. yeah. Same with bar slash club. Obviously, depending and sporting event. That could be a great anniversary if you like sports. I mean, obviously yeah. that's uh, name a type of insurance. You said home. That was the fourth best answer. Oof. Car with twenty eight health slash dental 22 life 15 then home renters with eight flood with six travel with four blackjack with two the two people who said blackjack are trying to be super witty they're trying to be super witty or that's the type of person who maybe if you know you're getting pulled for family feud you're like trying to (laughs) ruin the game for people yeah like you know there must be assholes who are like oh i'm gonna say something weird so that this (laughs) this person loses I gave a good setup though for the second person to go. That's a good first go. You got to get 150 oh, yeah. points. That's yeah. that's got to be close to 100. Oh, you need a you need 150. That's the total. Um, yeah, you're over because New York was 33, Sun was 62, so you're on 95. Peanuts 22, so you're on 117. Uh, strip joint 19, so you're on 100 and 36. Sorry, it's 200, not 150. I always said that. It's 200. Okay. Well, you're on 146 yeah. after round one. So the person, yeah, you would expect would have to get there. Let's see if you can get there. So you need 53 on your okay. second go. Ready? All right. Fuck, I'm not name, good under pressure. Name something that might be full of holes. Cheese. <laughs> Other than letters, name something people get in the mail. Uh, magazines. Name something a naughty kid does to Santa. Uh, hits him. Uh, name a country with a large population. China. Name something a squirrel might get in a fight with if it tried to take his nuts. A uh, uh, Dog. So, name something that might be full of holes. Cheese is the top answer with 40. So, you would have... Almost there already. You need 13 (laughs) more. Other than letters, name something people get in the mail. You said magazines. Second best answer uh, with 22. It better not be junk mail is number one. Junk mail is number one. (laughs) It doesn't count. (laughs) It's mail. (laughs) Like, it's... But in 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 general, I mean, they're, they're, it's highly specific, right? Because it's name something other than letters. The answers are junk mail, magazines, bills, which kind of like it's a letter, right? It's yeah. a type of letter. I get it's not a handwritten packages, totally separate. But the thing oh. is, is like it's it's not Family Feud that's picking these and pulling people. It's just what random people say. So if they say yeah. something that's wrong, like they still count it. Like postcards. People, like there, there are times, this is when Family Feud really sucks. There are times when people don't understand the question 
and they say a wrong answer. And it'll be like three people that have said it. And then you have to guess them saying the wrong answer. Like it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you did get an, a fairly easy set of questions there. Except the squirrel one. What was that? Uh, the squirrel one. Uh, name something a squirrel might get in a fight with if it tried to take his nuts. The number one answer was bird slash crow with bird. 30. Yeah. Another squirrel with the second best answer with 23. <laughs> <laughs> Chipmunk, cat, raccoon. Then you had dog, which you said, which had five. Yeah. Rabbit, four. And human, three. That was one I just kind of blanked on and had to say an animal. It is a tough one. I mean, another squirrel is is it's in a sense the most sensible answer, but it also feels kind of like cheating. And what was the other question? Was one before Uh, that? The name a country with a large population. You said China, which was the best answer with forty five. Then you had India, United States, Brazil, Mexico, Indonesia. Indonesia, that's a pulling that one out. But all correct answers, so at least had that going for it. Do you want to try one more? All right, one more. Uh, I'll try and pick. I'm going to trick at least the starting point. Be a little bit more testing, but you. Okay. At least it's funny. Name something specific about Mickey Mouse that other mice make, might make fun of him for. Uh, his ears. Fill in the blank. Raging blank. Ball. Name something that shakes, rattles, and rolls. Uh, a, a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Name an animal starting with the letter C that you'd never want to eat. Cat. Other than feet, name something that runs. Uh, refrigerator. All right. So you said name something specific <laughs> about Mickey Mouse that other mice might make fun of him for. You said ears. Gigantic ears was the number one answer with 36. Clothes slash gloves, the next best answer. Voice slash laugh. His huge feet, the next one. The fact that he's best friends with a duck is the next one. <laughs> and then his honker slash big nose. <laughs> <Nice> honker. <laughs> you know the people who were saying honker did not mean nose. <laughs> like 100%. Uh, fill in the blank raging. You said bull. That was by far and away the best answer. 74. You also had waters, fire, hormones, river, and rapids. But all of those, obviously, under 10. I wouldn't have been able to say a second one, I don't think. Yeah. Name something that shakes, rattles, and rolls. You said a baby. Uh, Unsurprisingly, that is not a possible answer. An old car was the number one answer. A rattle slash toy, which is the That's what I was trying to think of is like a baby toy, like a a rattler, but I couldn't, like, I didn't, I wouldn't want to say a baby rattler because I know that's not a word. So I couldn't think of what to say. So I just said baby and stopped. <laughs> oh, that was 29. A rattlesnake was 15. A Music rattlesnake snake. doesn't shake and it doesn't roll. <laughs> it doesn't do two out of those three things. Well, I mean, none of these do 
all three of these things. Music slash singers, eight. Music is what I should have said. Dancing bod slash booty is four. And dice, four. Name an animal starting with the letter C that you'd never want to eat. You said cat. That was by far and away the best answer with 64. The other options were camel, cougar, cow, cheetah, and coyote. For a second, because the first animal that came to mind was cow. And I was like, wait, no, not cow. I'm almost surprised. Yeah. I'm almost surprised that cow doesn't have more for that reason. Yeah. Uh, other than feet, name something that runs. You said the refrigerator. I had 10. The best answer was water slash toilet with 37. Then uh, engine slash car with 24. Then nose, pantyhose, and clock. I thought people were going to go with the joke like I did. Still, you had another good round, even with a totally incorrect answer. Yeah. I'm not that bad at Family Feud. It's, I mean, it is one of the more win- winnable games, right? Like, I'd be very disappointed to go on Family Feud and not win. I'm also, I think what makes me decent at it is I'm pretty good at predicting what idiots will say. (laughs) (laughs) Or are you just an idiot? (laughs) Is is that not what an idiot would say? (laughs) No, because I can still get the correct top answers, but I can also think like, okay, but some of these lower ones, it had to be like a moron who said something dumb and this is what they probably (laughs) said. (laughs) But what you originally said was, I thought of cow first. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's yeah. how i would have been able to get cow later on is because i know people would say it just because that's the first the or the only animal they could think of with the letter c yeah i mean it is definitely it it wouldn't be high on my list of like game show quiz shows to go on just because the prize isn't that good and i feel like unless you're one of those people who just is like applying to game shows and quiz shows is your thing because you do see those people who make it yeah. on pretty much every show for me who's unlikely to apply to I, i've applied to be on who wants to be a millionaire multiple times who wants to be a millionaire is the only show i'll put in any any effort to go on what i don't like about family feud is that the families don't rip on each other enough that would make Family Feud more fun to watch. Like if a family member gave a really dumb answer, it'd be really funny if the other family was like, are you fucking retarded? The other family. <laughs> no, no, the rest of like the other okay, members of the family. Because it's the other family going for them seems unnecessarily aggressive. Like, yeah, no, that is aggressive. But like if you're, I wish the own family members kind of, there was like a little banter going back and forth, but they're always like, oh, good answer, good answer. And it's like, no, that's the worst answer ever. But they might be told, you know, I always feel like that's- I know, I wish they were told to not be nice. <laughs> you might get those instructions of like, no matter what your teammate says, say good answer. And because it's funnier if you say something stupid and your whole family goes, no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so that you all look like morons. Who knows? Maybe your day will come on a family feud and my day will come on who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. I especially want to go on who wants to be a millionaire even more now that you can set your, like the moment when your money is guaranteed. Oh, I didn't know this. I don't watch who wants to be a millionaire anymore. They, they revived it and brought it back in the UK. So I don't okay. really watch it, but you see clips of it and stuff. And now the premise is instead of being the 32,000 was the moment that you were locked in. 
now you get to choose before you get asked a question. This is when before I you get asked. Yeah, you so but you can you could be super bold. And how many times can you lock it in? Just once. Oh, in the US, there was like two, I think, right? It was a thousand before and then 32. And then 32. I think the thousand is still an automatic lock in. Okay. Um, but I think they've also kind of got a, for a while, they just got rid of a lot of the pre thousand questions because they realized they were it's just games and it was like a waste of the TV show. But I wouldn't, because it's, it adds another technical element to it. I would not lock it in at 32. I'd be waiting for the six figure. I'm not locking it in before the 100,000 question or whatever it is. That's for sure. <laughs> Maybe you do the Super Bowl thing, like the guy who, as we've discussed before, who called his dad to tell him he was going to win a million dollars. You just never lock it in. You just, the whole game show. Do you want to lock it in now? It's the million dollar question. You may as well guarantee yourself 500,000. Now I'm good. I'm all right. I'm so or, confident. Or do you do it the one people did and you say, should I lock it in? And you wait for someone to go <coughs> in the audience. Oh, yeah, the cheating. Yeah. <laughs> the big scandal. But yeah, no, it's, um, I'd like to make an appearance on a game show at some point in my life, but it probably isn't happening. I think that time has passed its course. Why? Plenty of old people get on game shows. Yeah, but then you're that old guy who goes on game shows. Well, I think the more disappointing thing is winning a million. And I mean, I'd like to win a million anytime, but later in life is far less exciting. You know, if I'm 88 years old and I win a million on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Already so by gonna, the time. You're going to keep trying at age 88 to get on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Forever. I mean, here's the, when we're 88, Frank, a million won't buy a loaf of bread, but. You know. Well, hopefully they'll have Sriracha. Who knows if we can afford it, but. Oh, that will be 10 million. <laughs> So we will not we will not be able to afford those luxuries. All right. Well, with that, let's call it a day. All right, talk to you later.